Now, the Riverdale Carnival presents the Archie. Archie Fuzz. Okay, everybody, here we go with our new hit record, Sugar, Sugar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas. We're smack dab in the middle of Freddy vs. Jason month. And today, we're getting out of Crystal Lake. Getting out of that dusty, musty lake with that little frog boy. And we're talking Freddy! So yeah, that's right. Today we're going all in on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I was almost going to say The Nightmare Before Elm Street, but that's a weird crossover. Jack Skellington wouldn't last long. But it's okay. I'm not alone here on Elm Street. I am joined with one, two, calling on some of my co-hosts. I don't know. That was a bad one. Uh, uh, first off, helping doing some co-hosting duties is Jason. Hello, Jason. Welcome to my nightmare, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his nightmare being... There's TV show Riverdale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and somebody who's got a matching jaw shirt. Uh, Jason has a jaw shirt. And Sophie has a jaw shirt. Hello, Sophie. Hey, guys. This is just a peek behind the curtain. Jason and I always plan to coordinate our outfits on every episode of a podcast mm-hmm. we're on together. So just right. keeping the tradition alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for the first time joining us, the only redhead this podcast likes more than Cheryl Blossom, Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello. I feel like that's a lot to live up to, so please keep your expectations low. Yeah, uh, recently. <laughs> so, yeah. So, today we're just going to talk the franchise. It's going to be similar to uh, last week's, but uh, it's going to be a little shorter because uh, we, we're not going to have any stories about meeting, uh, <laughs> meeting random celebrities celebrities in random stores so it'll be good and probably and there's no danny randomly popping in from a tech taco bathroom to give very weird exposition yeah sophie sophie's getting weird faces but she missed a lot it was a journey that podcast <laughs> was a journey first of all it was approximately seven days long i lost i lost yeah, my I'm job because i was through it i haven't been able to finish it i'm halfway through <laughs> yeah it's longer than the fucking bible and better, but that's just well, yeah, that's up for interpretation. True. Um, no, not really. Speaking of Bibles, uh, let's talk about the very first, the original, the progenitor, A Nightmare on Elm Street. A classic, 1984 was released date, written by Wes Wait, I don't know if it's written by Wes Craven. It's directed by Wes Craven, and uh, it stars our cast of characters and introduces us to the man, the myth, the legend... Freddy Krueger. You thought I was going to say someone else, but I was going to say Freddy Krueger, because fuck that other person. Um, yeah, so uh, let's talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street. Sophie, when was the first time you were introduced to A Nightmare on Elm Street, and uh, what do you think of the film? Do you have any favorite kills? Some... Nightmare on Elm Street was, uh, just to interject, was written by Wes Craven, by the way. Oh, yeah, Wes doing double duty. Yeah. Perfect. So, 
So, um, as you all know, I was pretty late to becoming a horror fan. And so, when I was a junior and senior in high school, I was the, that's kind of when I first started watching horror films. And I was the co um, leader of a horror club at my high school. So, my very good friend Reed, who is the person who got me hooked on horror films in the first place, um, decided he wanted to have a horror club and talked me into leading it with him. So once or twice a week, we would meet in the science teacher's uh, classroom during lunch and watch horror movies. But the lunch break was 30 minutes long. So we would watch these movies in 30-minute installments. Um, And it just so happened that when we did, I remember really vividly when we did Nightmare on Elm Street, I was not there. And I so I missed it. So I borrowed the DVD from Reed. And I have a very, very vivid memory of watching A Nightmare on Elm Street with, I think, my brother in the youth group room at our church while my sister was in choir practice. Because I had, like, driven her to choir and we had to wait for her to be done. So we just, like, watched Nightmare on Elm Street in the church while we waited for her. Um, I really like this franchise. I think Evan mentioned it last episode, but he and I um, did, like, head-to-head reviews of I reviewed all of Nightmare on Elm Street and he reviewed all of Friday the 13th, and that was the first time I had seen this franchise in its entirety. Um, They're all delightful. And I think my favorite kill... Man, that's tough. I think my favorite kill in the first movie is... Is her name Tina? The girl who dies in the beginning, where they use the spinning room. That's just so crazy and awesome. It is pretty awesome. That is a a great kill. Uh, It's amazing watching this first movie because, like, one, the line... The word that Freddie is like so commonly associated with, which is the word bitch, because he just apparently, <laughs> you think he says it a lot. He uses like he really... periods. That's how he ends every sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, it was the best of times, bitch. It was the worst of times, bitch. And then he just keeps going all soliloquies. Rides up to the uh, fast food restaurant at the drive thru. I'd like a number three, bitch, with <laughs> supersized bitch. <laughs> but he doesn't say it at all. He doesn't say he doesn't say the word bitch until uh, Dream Warriors, and uh, that's just kind of remarkable. It's he's a very scary presence in this movie. Robert England, like he's scary, man. Like I, I, for me, I think the scariest part is probably when Tina first encounters him after he's got his little long arms and does that weird like monkey walk where he's like whoa, whoa, whoa i'm coming to get you and then uh she she is like grappling with them and takes off of his takes off his face and there's just like the laughing skeleton and like normally like that would be something you would see in like a halloween prop store i don't know why but it always scares me where it's just like nah, 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 nah. and i was like ah it's a skeleton so i'm lame and a baby uh my my favorite kill of the franchise uh not the franchise in this installment is when johnny depp gets stuck through the the bed because i'm like freddy's not a bad guy he killed johnny depp good job and i'm always like yeah <laughs> i was getting so pumped <laughs> also um... because uh, sorry no, no. Uh, i was gonna say okay. also because like the decorations in glenn's room are just weird he has weird stuff in his room there's like a bunch of weird cat photos there's like this like weird handprint that's on his wall um another thing he's watching uh, a TV with headphones, which like I never did as a kid, but seems pretty legit and cool. And he's not even the only character in this franchise to do it. And both times they do it, they die. So I was like, maybe, 
maybe I shouldn't do this. Like, I don't know if this is a good thing. I guess you die if you do it. But uh, yeah, so that's my favorite death of the franchise. And it also introduces Nancy, which uh, is a great final girl. I think my favorite Nancy is probably three and seven. So we'll probably talk about that later. But I think they do a really good job, like, introducing it. And Heather Langenkamp uh, does kick a lot of ass. Sam. What is your experience with the burned man? Um, so Freddy was actually the first horror movie I ever watched. And wow. um, I remember going to the store, the, the the little convenience store down the street from my house. And my cousin and I were, who boy, eight and nine. So 22 years ago. <laughs> and I just remember seeing it on the shelf and thinking like, you know what, tonight we're going to watch a horror movie. Like, this is this is going to be it. And I remember watching it and being scared shitless and thinking, what the fuck have I done? Why am I watching this movie? <laughs> but um, I don't know. There was just something always about it and just the way um, even continuing into the other uh, movies and throughout the franchise, there's just something always so special about Freddy that, nobody else was really doing at the time or others were kind of trying to copy it a little bit, but Freddie was the original and it just felt so well, in my opinion of having never seen horror movies at the time, except that one, I'm like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So yeah, I, I it's, it's kind of hard to believe that this franchise was the, my first exposure to horror movie, but I'm kind of glad it was. Yeah, for sure. In in a lot of weird ways, it does kind of echo the universal cycle a lot of the 80s slashers do. Whereas, like, Freddy is like the Dracula, right? Like, Freddy is like the more, like, flamboyant. He'll talk to you. He'll, like, go, oh, hello, welcome, children of the night, my weird dog-faced babies. <laughs> and, uh, oops, sorry, baby-faced dogs. I thought you were going to say he was the sexy one. <laughs> we're going okay, down that look, road, are we? Look, I, okay. Look, I don't know why, but a lot of people are attracted to Freddy Krueger. So, like, maybe it's just the confidence thing. So, it's just a confidence. I mean, and believe also, in yourself he, of and don't the, murder children. And well, of all the slashers, he definitely I mean, is like he is the most overtly sexual one, right? Like, I think that's a tone that weaves well, through all the movies. Is like, no, but well, he—the way that he like speaks to his victims is super. Others. Literally, this movie has, a, like, one of the most iconic things in this movie is when he's like, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy, and licks her face through the phone. I mean, like, he is very yeah. overtly sexual throughout the entire series. That's not, like, me projecting. That's just no, but, I mean, even the in the same movie, even the bathroom scene when you see his hand yeah. coming up oh. with the bubbles and stuff, mm -hmm. it's like, it happens sure. to be right down there kind of thing. So, it's, right. yeah. you're not off. I mean, it's kind of weird... I think but I would kind of tilt my head sexual. a little bit if anybody says sexual. Like, oh, he's yeah. sexy. But, like, the sexual yeah. connotation is definitely there. Right. But, but I think that's intended to be um, hinted at without actually crossing the boundary of outright saying he's he's a kid. He's a kid diddler. Like, he's, he's a pedo. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, so, I mean, it's interesting because I always took it as that's what he was. But technically, they don't don't actually say that until like the remake and i think in freddy versus jason it's overtly said but i think uh -huh. those are the only two times in the franchise it's overtly. it was definitely in there right like it was definitely an intended thing right like it was it's kind subtext. of it's subtext yeah, yeah. i don't yeah, think exactly. they overly played it because i mean 
I mean, the first time I watched it, I was eight. So I wasn't looking for those like adult right. hidden agenda kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. I remember getting later into the series and, and, and just thinking, is he a pedophile? Like, is that where <laughs> we're going with this? I'm, I, I didn't really know that's, oh, this is dark. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of these earlier uh-huh. ones to see if I'm not picking up on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, I guess you could argue too has a lot of like some weird pedophilic stuff I in there as well. But on the couch and turned your sniff gun and was like, "Friendly touch children." <laughs> is that what I'm watching? Is he diddling the neighbor kid? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Sam, do you have a favorite kill from uh, from the very first movie? I would have to agree with you about um, about the Johnny Depp one. It's just so well done. And even watching the documentaries about how they went about it and how they filmed it, it's just so neat. But I just find it really interesting that you noticed a lot of the stuff on the wall. It's like, here's this like great kill from a movie. You're like, hey, look at that cat thing that's on Johnny Depp's wall. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a problem with me where <laughs> I eventually I've seen these movies so many times. I'm like trying to look at the details of their rooms and be like, what was the set designer thinking this day? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not I'm not watching these movies properly. I should be thinking all about this. The There's some added levels to that Johnny Depp kill that I really like too. like when the uh, when you, John Saxon actually enters the house, like you actually kind of see stuff like leaking down a little bit, like it's gross like, through like the ceiling, and like I think one of the cops makes a, a joke, like you're gonna need a bucket, sheriff, or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, you probably yes. shouldn't make that in front of the parents. Like, yes. just, yeah, <laughs> such a great line. <laughs> hey, I know your kids just died, but uh, you got a mop. I'm gonna need it. Uh, <laughs> well, because you know, mentioned I, the because you mentioned the parents, I think. Uh, one thing that I find interesting about this franchise, and I think it sort of is used effectively or not used at all, depending on the movie in the franchise, but where we have, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th, we don't really get to see adults, hardly ever, if at all. And I think especially in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, the way that adults and particularly the parents are used... And, I mean, the, the parents are just, especially in this movie, are just, like, completely um, helpless and, oh. like, broken and, like, impotent, I guess is the word I'm trying to find. Like, which is just yeah. really interesting. Nancy's yeah. mother may be the worst parent in the history of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, parent. man. I, all She's I'm saying is... trashed so throughout this movie. And it's, um... To a level that, like, I'm... I'm I'm sort of past being upset at her and just kind of being impressed. Like she can drink that fucking much all the time. She's <laughs> day drunk. You know, she's Jimmy Buffett day drunk. <laughs> this entire fucking movie. just really also, makes like, you want to go hug like, your own mom and be like, "Mom, I love you. Thanks for being with <laughs> me. Thanks, Thanks for doing for a like four bottles of Southern Comfort at." 11 o'clock in the morning yeah. every single day. Be drinking he was wine. drinking it's vodka, okay? <laughs> uh, I kind of like how, in a way, they kind of, like, mirror her uh, dependence on alcohol to Nancy's dependence on, on uh, coffee later in the film because they kind of, like, hide it or try to hide it in the exact same way as that they're trying to, like, she's trying to stay up and alert by drinking all this coffee where... Like, her mom's trying to, like, dull her senses and kind of, like, be able to, like, sleep without thinking about 
about all the things that happened in her life and all the trauma that happened to her kids. So it's like a cool little dichotomy and like a little switch that you kind of notice when you have watched these movies as many times as I have. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think overall it's pretty pretty solid. I think having like having little character actors like John Saxon in it being the cop. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, one of the sheriffs. Uh, or sorry, he was a sergeant in this movie uh, named, named Joseph Whip. He's actually the sh- sheriff in uh, Scream. So one of the sergeants in this mm. movie is actually the sheriff in Scream. And I was like, like oh, maybe maybe him and Wes Craven got along. And uh, we also got a glimpse of Lynn Shea before her ghost butt-kicking days uh, when uh, she's just teaching. <laughs> she's just teaching. She's a teacher. She hangs out. I, I think Rob Shea is in this. I don't know. Rob Shea is, I think he, Rob Shea is like the producer, and I think he appears in like almost all of them. Next movie, he has the best of his appearances, um, which, uh, you know, other than, uh, I think we've talked all we can about Nightmare 1. Let's go on to Nightmare 2. Well, well th- I want to talk about the Johnny Depp kill a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, I, I sure. recently watched this, I mean, when I say recently, a couple months ago with uh, with my do- my um, 12-year-old daughter. Um, and whew, she was like, how much blood is in that man's body, <laughs> right? Like, it is an insane <laughs> amount of blood that sprays out of the bed. And what I want to say about Nightmare <laughs> 1 is, I want to say, you know, obviously I was on the Friday the 13th, uh, Team Team Jason, but I think objectively the first Nightmare is the best film in any franchise in terms of just the quality of the film it is. It's not my favorite Nightmare film, but I think it's the best made – like it's just the best executed film I think of either franchise in my opinion. And okay. because – I didn't know if we were including Halloween and if we were I was going to – Oh, no, no, no. In terms okay. <laughs> of Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Um because that like that scene with the blood squirting out is so it's so I mean it's like almost that gag in in Army of Darkness where like the blood's just squirting out of the pit for like ever right like it's almost but because you're like living in this dream uh, reality it gets to an absurdity level but never crosses the line so it really makes you sort of uneasy about what are the rules of this world and it really does a great job of kind of pushing the boundaries of reality. But never like stepping over it into absurdity, like later nightmare films kind of do, and it's very impressive, actually. I think. So that's fair. That's fair. I uh, I have different movies in the franchise that I actually think I put above this after you watch, mm-hmm. but I love this movie still, so it's not an insult. But let's go on to the Nightmare on Elm Street that uh, I'm pretty sure is nobody's favorite. I don't think I've ever encountered somebody <laughs> who has thought that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge is their favorite and even so uh, I've listened to like again I've listened to I was listening to quite a few podcasts in preparation for this just listening to what other people thought and I thought like the most interesting take on this film was actually from a, a podcast I was to called Attack of the Queer Wolf where it's just like a bunch of like queer horror fans who like talk and dissect movies where they called this movie uh, the gayest movie that all your straight friends love to recommend you because like they're always just sick. Because they're all, like they're just sick and tired of like straight people being like, "Have you heard of this gay nightmare movie?" And they're like, "Fuck off, yes, Jesus Christ!" And like, and even when you watch the movie, the movie is totally not like pro gay rights. If you read it as a gay film, it's like, and then the. Lim- 
and he kisses him, and he defeats Freddy. And you're like, even if you read it through that lens, it's like kind of like uh, not not uh, not the best. Um, but it, this movie actually spawned a documentary. I haven't got a chance to see the documentary. Uh, Mark Patton, who stars in the movie, uh, and he does a good job. Like it's a fun. I like watching this movie. Like it's a fun, silly, silly movie. Um, and he, well, I think I believe he was closeted at the time, and then he recently like he later on in life came out as being gay and all of the gay aspects of the film for years were just like shoved onto him like everybody in the cast everybody behind the scenes they all blamed him for making it gay where like he's just like doing what the script tells him right like he's obviously putting himself into a role but he's also doing a a script and it's the whole documentary is all about how he uh kind of like lived throughout the film and how the film kind of like helped him like reaches it reaches who he was and everything like that so there is stuff to like dissect and talk about in the film um but you know a bunch of straight people here so i mean let's not <laughs> let's not let, let's not let's not make any huge assumptions there uh but yeah i think uh i think this movie is very fun to watch what's the deal with the baby face dogs nobody talks about the baby face dogs <laughs> I want to know about the baby face dog. I almost bought a um, Freddy Krueger figure from this movie just because it had the baby face dogs. I just want the baby face dogs. I want the baby face like I want a sculpture of them just like sitting in my room somewhere, just so I can like go and look and it's like baby face dog. What's up? And uh, you know, but I I don't understand what's the deal with them. Uh, and and my best kill uh, has to be the whipping of. Of the coach because it is uh it is quite the scene and there's a lot of towel whipping and you know I was gonna say like anyone who watches this and then says that Mark Patton is the one who made this movie gay is like did you watch the movie because like the subtext is all over the place it's not just his performance it's kind of like saying Tom Cruise made Top Gun gay no. Sob <laughs> gun is like just the gay tiny on its shorts own. and the butt spanking. Yeah. And the... yeah. He's probably the least gay thing about the movie. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. So, my favorite kill is that. Uh, Jason, what's your favorite kill from this franchise? And, and what do you think about this film? Sorry, I keep saying franchise. This entry in the franchise. <laughs> Nightmare 2, Babyface Dogs, yay or nay? <laughs> yay, uh, I mean, how I, how do I feel about Nightmare 2? Like, I think this yeah. is, despite what you said about, um, and I think it's true, like, I don't think the metaphor works, really, but I do think it's a bold choice in terms of a direction for Nightmare 2, and for that, like, I do sort of give it credit for trying to do something different. I do also sort of think... It's weird. It's almost like we're already sick of the idea of Freddy and not like – and I think it gets paid off way better in Dream Warrior, like the idea of what Freddy is. But um, I still I still enjoy Nightmare 2. It's definitely the film in the franchise I visit the least um, just because it doesn't feel as much like a nightmare film to me. Like if it's a film I'm going to put on and I'm thinking, oh, I want to watch a Freddy film, that's like the least – film that i'm gonna think of like even though i don't i don't think it's the worst film i just would i'd rather watch freddy's dead even though it's objectively a worse film because it feels like a freddy film to me you know what i mean 
more than Freddy I feel like too. I I feel like Freddy's Dead and this movie are like a perfect double feature for me like they're just like the freddy sandwich that is just completely weird like i love the scene in this movie where, where freddy's like you've got the body and then he like takes off his like top of his head and i've got the brains and he's got <laughs> yeah. like the weird like brain puppet going on i love when he just shows up at a pool party yeah for no reason how did he just show up at a <laughs> pool party honest, freddy i was show gonna up say to a pool like party. yeah when we talked you talked earlier uh andrew about how like in the first movie Freddy's really scary, and he's not this, like, snarky, like, yeah, bitch person. And I feel like, to me, this, too, is where he, like, takes a turn. Because that scene of Freddy, like, running around in corporeal form somehow at a pool party is, like, not scary at all. It's ridiculous. And they were like, okay, so I guess Freddy's funny now. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, what it seems to come out of that. At what point does he not say something about a weenie roast? I swear to God, he said it's time for a weenie sure he roast. Does. Yeah. <laughs> Probably does. Oh, God. He's got the old dirt. It's God. absurd. Yeah, that scene is nuts. <laughs> yeah, that is that is great. Oh, also, because we mentioned the coach death, I want to say Bob Shea is in the leather bar. That is his cameo in that movie. He's like the bartender yeah. at yep. the leather bar. And I was like, you go, Bob Shea. Um, <laughs> Sam. Oh, what I didn't think answer my of... best kill. Oh, um, I like the uh, I like the hand through the chest. Oh, the hand through the chest is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty dope. It's good because it's like right at the end, and it's like whoa, you can yeah. get you ready to jump or drunk, which I was when I watched this last. Weekend. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> Sam. Uh, well, going back to like our our chat at the beginning of starting this movie yeah it's the movie i've actually seen the most in the franchise because i had so many people who knew i was a freddy fan they're like did you see the gay freddy movie here i gotta <laughs> show it to you and i'm like oh my god yes i've seen it there's all these like straight like jockey kind of guys like yeah you know like freddy's got a gay movie and it's like oh, okay like great i don't watch uh, it though <laughs> you, you, you watch i haven't seen it 15 I'm times I'm, I'm good <laughs> <laughs> no Freddy's two, bro. No Freddy's two. <laughs> <laughs> well, Freddy's three here, man. Well, Dream Warriors here. <laughs> and but, there's nothing gay going on in those dreams at all. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like it's it's if you watch it kind of back to back with the first nightmare, which I've done plenty of times too. It's kind of it's just two very separate things, and you're like. Did they, like, how far apart were these filmed from each other? Or, like, do they have, like, all new writers? <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? Like, it's it's just, it's so separate that you're right. You could probably put it on and watch it all by itself and just kind of be done with it. Like, I don't like watching, when I choose to watch it as a franchise, I don't want to watch it. I don't tend to watch it a lot of the time with the franchise. I'd rather watch it as a standalone because that's how it feels. It doesn't really fit in with the rest of the with the rest of the movies. And I 100% agree. While Freddy's Dead is not a good movie by any means, it definitely it it's what you grow to expect with the movie. Whereas this one, you're like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm not I'm not really sure what the context is of this movie. But I mean. The whipping in the bathroom in the shower scene is just like, I will 100% support that death any day. It's the best thing where you're like, this is so over the top that I'm all for this right now. 
It's so good. He even started getting pelted by balls, like just like basketballs and things, just like flying at him on the screen. And you're just like, and the close up of the ass, where I'm like, yeah, <laughs> cool. Like just, just keep showing that ass. All right, okay. It's, that scene starts so weird too because the coach finds him in the leather bar and is like, "You're gonna go do laps." And you're like, "What?" It's so interesting. Because this is, like, clearly so early in, like, the franchise, franchising of, like, films in the 80s, right? Because, like, I don't think they were thinking of going beyond this. They weren't, weren't trying to, like, do any world building. Like, it's just another movie where Freddy shows up. So much so that it's so easy to hop from one to three. Because, like, two doesn't really up the story any. It doesn't really follow any of Freddy's normal rules. Like, he just shows up right. in the human world sometimes and just does the cha-cha and, like, like, hangs out with those weird baby-faced dogs, which I can't get over. Um, yeah, so that's that one. Uh, anything else you want to say before I jump over to Sophie, Sam? No, I'm good. <laughs> We're going to you, Sophie. <laughs> um, so I, I love this movie and all of its, like, batshit craziness. Um, it was really interesting because... I, Andrew, I'm sure you also listened to this in your preparation for the episode, but um, now I'm going to forget what it's called. Faculty of Horror just talked about all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and they had a really interesting, they talked about a really interesting read of this movie that is not as homophobic as the movie seems, because the movie feels pretty homophobic. Um, and I, like, love the idea that maybe some people, like, identify with it, but to me it still seems like the uh, subtext of the movie is not great. Um, but this movie is such a, this is one that I've probably seen the most. It's, it's has like such a weird place in this franchise. I totally agree with Sam that it, it just like, it doesn't fit at all, but it's, I think if I'm ever going to show someone one nightmare movie, um, I usually do this one. Cause if I'm showing a movie like that to one per to like to a person one time, it's someone who's not going to be down to watch the whole franchise. It's like, okay, then you should watch this one. Cause it's nuts that this are dream warriors um so i enjoy this movie a great deal the dance sequence is insane and um my favorite kill i'm gonna be the first one to say is um when he when grady gets killed when they're in his bedroom (laughs) and uh freddie like comes out of jesse like rips jesse's body open which again I would I would love there to be a world in which this movie doesn't feel homophobic. That scene maybe feels the most homophobic, where it's like, oh, the thing inside of you that you're trying to hide like comes out and kills this person that you care about. <laughs> like, oh god. Um, it doesn't age well, but that like I think the practical effects in that scene are so incredible um, and awesome, and I really like it. Fair, fair, and I think this really starts the trend. If, the, if, if Nightmare 2 starts anything in the franchise, it really does start to focus on the fact that every single set of main characters in these movies are always misfits, which is, like, one of the reasons why, like, I always like and attach to the characters in these franchises, because they're not normal archetypes. Like, even when they do address normal archetypes in later films, they give them, like, an extra level of... Uh, character development even if it is that person's just afraid of bugs but like they they try to to kind of like 
make them not just the normal everyday kids that you see die in, say, a Friday Thirteenth movie. Because a lot well, of they're not people... your big blonde, big titted women. Basically, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Point. Yeah, exactly. well, and like Grady is a character that in any other franchise, I think, would have been super one dimensional, like a really douchey jockey guy. But in this, he is a douchey jockey guy, but he also clearly cares about Jesse a lot, and they have a like a friendship where there is some vulnerability, which you would not, which is frankly kind of surprising in a slasher film from the eighties. Yeah, they they tend to these movies tend to spend a little bit more time with their characters in that like deaths matter to the characters in these franchises. Like they feel it a little more than say again old old jc pants old jc pants just chops some heads off he's just done he's just done goes back to his lake and chills takes a little nap goes to margarita freddy he's mean he always turns your dreams against you and that's what's really scary about freddy and that leads perfectly into dream warriors and uh yeah so this being a uh riverdale podcast i know we didn't mention it at all during the intro, which is probably pretty bad of me. But this, this is the movie that Riverdale wants to marry. Riverdale loves Dream Warriors. To the fact of, like, they they covered it in this season. There was this, this entire episode where all the Archies are, like, singing it, and it's like, Freddy, show up and, like, stop this. Won't you please? Please, Freddy, please. Uh, and it wasn't happening. Uh, in the last season, there was a terrible line where uh, instead of making a direct re- reference to a character in this movie, uh, Archie shows up with a bat, bat and like almost hits Jughead because he thinks it's someone else, and Jughead goes, Whoa, man, you look like one of the Dream Warriors! And you're like, What? That's not what you would say! You would like give him a character! And then, so like, I remember when that episode aired, I got obsessed, and I tried to figure out what Dream Warrior ever held a bat. And like, I was going through it, I was going through it, the only one is in the poster image. Kincaid has it. And then I was like, oh, I guess he can't call him Kincaid because that'd be racist. Um, but yeah, so welcome <laughs> to A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Uh, probably like the most watchable film in the franchise, at least for me. Like, I feel like put a few beers on, get a few friends. Like, Dream Warriors will always be a good time. Um, this is probably most when, like, I start to, like, internalize how Freddy would murder me, and I feel like this is the idea that made me have nightmares about Freddy when I was young, uh, because Freddy Krueger scared the crap out of me. I think I originally only saw a photo of him and then was told what he did, and he terrified me, to the point where he's so deep down in my psyche, when I was having sleep paralysis, when I was, uh, like in my, like, early 20s, Freddy Krueger showed up one night while I was in sleep paralysis. Because, you know, there was, like, the weird demon men show up. And it was, like, Freddy Krueger. And I was like, oh, my God. He was just, like, slowly cutting me. It was, like, terrifying. But it's okay because I then turned into a lucid dream and brought Gamera around and Gamera killed Freddy Krueger. Anyways, (laughs) my weird dreams (laughs) aside. Wow. (laughs) You poor messed up child. Wow. Gamera. The savior of, of us all. Sam, <laughs> what do you think of Dream Warriors? It's 
it's my favorite one, hands down. It's the one that I could watch over and over and over again. And as a standalone movie, it just, it holds up so well. And the deaths in this movie really fucked me up as a kid. Um, like, um, the, uh, the ligaments one Ooh, where he's walking, Philip. that yeah. messed me up mm-hmm. so bad. And I just... I was a I was weirdly obsessed with that though because I kept wanting to watch it but I know how much it scared me but hands down if anybody asked me what my favorite kill in all the Freddy's movies are that's my favorite one because it's just so messed up and it crossed this weird line where there were some pretty brutal or weird deaths in the first two movies but this one and not in a bad way crossed a line but it just crossed over where it's like okay they're upping their game every single movie and they're trying and that's what I really appreciate about the Freddy movies too, is that they try to up it each and every time or it's like, okay, how can we go one step ahead? And that one was just unbelievable to me. Like I just, I'm like, Oh my God, like that's just so messed up. It's so up. weird how that scene is shot too. It's like Freddy's like standing like some kind of giant, like over their entire world, like doing it. It's not like he's just in the room doing it. He's like he is the puppet master of everything that's going on, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, that, like it's so ominous and freaky. And in a turn for a film that's sort of fun all the way through, except for that one moment, yeah, I mean, like is yeah. just is yeah, it's it's a startling kill. In that well, and with that it. one too, because I just I like I know I remember me personally, I could just feel it in every part of my body where it's like oh yeah sucked in a bed cool you know Mm. head through a television sure but like when I saw that I'm like oh my god I can only imagine what it'd be like to have my ligaments pulled out of my body and make myself like walk like a puppet and I don't know why but it was just like that like I could feel the pain of that and then just to be you know one step further where it's like I'm gonna also throw you off the tower like it was just it just I don't know it just sold me like that it 100 percent my favorite movie of the franchise for sure yeah i can i can totally see that the effects in this movie are next level the effects are so good in this movie and like they bring back heather langenkamp the cast is great you've got larry fishburne he's just like an early early role by him uh you got john saxon back his old drunky dad he's taking the place of drunky mom um um and uh i one of the best parts of this movie for me is stop motion skeleton freddy i don't know what it is i love because i'm a big fan of like 50s creature features and like i love jason and the argonauts and anything with a skeleton fighting anybody and he's doing the stop motion i'm in and this is so good i love there's a moment where he has as the he does this really weird like spin attack with the uh with a shovel and just max a dude in the face and it's like oh it's perfect i love it so much it's like bam and hits him in the head of the face um i think for me my favorite kill in this one is i watched a video ranking all the kills and they said this was their least favorite kill uh but this kill just because it hits me emotionally all the kills in this movie are mean because he's literally turning people's deaths like like dreams against them uh terrence is especially mean and like i had trouble even watching that scene because I get very emotionally invested. I'm like, no, Darren, no. Uh, But for me, because this is how I would die, is when the kid gets the wizard powers and is like, I believe in myself. Yes. I'm the wizard of Garthor. It's heartbreaking. Yes. He fires the lasers and and he like blows up the like evil wheelchair that's coming for him. And then Freddy just picks him up and he's like, sorry, kid. 
I don't believe in fairy tales. And then just, like, stabs him. And I was like, oh, poor Will. He's so nice. And, like, all the kids play D&D with them. They all, like, even if they don't like or understand the game, they, like, join in just because they know Will needs company. And they're all playing the game with them. And then he just gets dispatched by some jackass who doesn't believe in fairy tales. <laughs> Fuck you, Freddy. <laughs> Makes me sad. <laughs> Makes me sad. I just love that with this one, though, it seemed that they were like, okay, if we're going to do this and we're going to keep on going with these movies, we've got to do something different. We've got to bring it back to what everybody loved about the first one, where it's like these characters that you can really grow to love. And I just, I don't, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like everything's just well done like, with the bringing of Nancy back and just her being able to bond with these kids. And it's like, yeah, you're not crazy. And I know, you know, we're going with the stereotypical, like, oh, the parents think we're all insane and everybody thinks we're crazy. But I like that they use that aspect with bringing Nancy back with the kids and that kind of stuff. And I just, I like how this one felt that it was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to take this in a direction that maybe we should have gone with after the first one. But now that we've, you know, the second one's done, we've kind of set where we want to go. Let's bring it back to what somebody is going to want to watch. And eventually this is what people are going to love about the series. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's very, very weird because like, I think this is when they really start pushing the idea that Nancy's house was once Freddie house because like they constantly use the elm street house all the time in these movies and you kind of eventually is like he just is he just a squatter here like did freddy actually live in this house or is he just squatting is freddy like look i scared the last people out of here i just squat in this house now i just I, hang out in the dream house like, i just eat baked beans on know, my hand, bitch <laughs> oh, oh freddy 100 percent eats baked beans all the time and they got like little screaming faces on him and he's like mm, protein <laughs> food um, nom nom. um <laughs> jason um what do you think dream, of, of the dream, dream warriors? warriors i adore dream warriors it's so i mean like this is the film if i was going to show somebody a nightmare film and it wasn't the first one this would be the film i just feel like um it hits what i want out of a nightmare elm street film which is just like taking advantage of that dream world um, and the director of this film uh, directed one of my other childhood favorites that's kind of similar, which is Dreamscapes. And, uh, like, three years prior to this, and he kind of, like, um, used that same mentality in this film, I feel like, which is, dude, you're making a movie about dreams. Like, if you should be taking it to the next level of shit that people do in their dreams. And they do that in this movie to great effect. And it makes it, even when it's super dark, like the Terran kill with, like, the track marks with mouths is fucking um, tough to watch. And, obviously, the pup puppet kill is tough to watch. But still, like, I still think of this film as a fun film, which is um, sort of impressive to say. Like, it's, it's a dark film, but it's just enjoyable watch. My favorite kill, I mean... Uh, Will's kill turning into the wizard. I mean that that's the one I identify with the most. Um, but how can you not say "Welcome to Prime Time, Bitch"? Like that's classic Nightmare on Elm Street moment, and it's just um, it, it's one of the moments I think of when I think of this franchise. So yeah, it, it's also like there's like an added level to that that like she's allowed to stay up from Lawrence Fishburne having like an act of kindness, right? Like he's, he's like. I know you've been going through a tough time. I'm going to give you some more time with the TV. And, like, again, like, it's that 
this idea of like even when people try to help people in these movies and try and do them a favor and are nice to them it ends in their death and it's like damn freddie get me nihilistic um i i does this movie start out the quotes from like deep theological dream quotes to start the movies because i think it's here or it's either here or in four where they start doing like nietzsche quotes quotes from the mm-hmm. bible about dreams and then the the best is in uh, Freddy's Dead when we get there, but I think that's where they kind of start doing that. It's here. just fucking stupid. But yeah. oh, I love it! I love it! <laughs> it's fucking I love stupid. It. It's great. It's great. You're wrong, uh, <laughs> Sophie. In your dreams, are you beautiful and bad? Yes. Um, no, I mean this is the this is hands down for me the best film in the franchise. I think that's sort of been said. Um, this feels like um, Dream Warriors feels like the film in the series where Nightmare on Elm Street kind of like hits its stride and gets all of the elements together. It sort of pulls back a lot of the stuff that was good about one. It sort of throws two off. But it's also where we get, you know, Freddie being super sarcastic and yelling bitch a lot. Um, it's also where we start getting kills that are directly tied to people's like greatest dreams and ambitions or greatest fears, which is you know, we've talked about a theme that gets, like, continually more upsetting as we watch people. Um, they, I guess they work to varying degrees. Like, the cockroach death is not great as we go forward. Um, it's not my favorite. <laughs> um, but, no, this, this is a great... And not to mention that this film has its own original song, which is... <laughs> I know that music came up a lot last week when you guys were talking about... Or two mm-hmm. weeks ago when y'all talked about Friday the 13th. Um, Dream Warriors. The song is. Oh, like, you, you, sorry. I thought you were talking about a, a Nightmare on My Street by, um, you know, Will Smith. No, is that <laughs> not what you're talking about? No. <laughs> oh, it's a classic song. It was a classic. It's a cl- classic song. And I do love Will she's Smith, but no, that's talking song. Yeah, she's talking, talking. She's talking, talking. Talking, talking. Um, the new podcast that's going to come out on this network, <laughs> Talking, Dockin', uh, all about Dockin', uh, except we've only listened to one, one song. Anyway. Nobody laughed. Nobody no, laughed. I, <laughs> <laughs> I went a weird other direction. That's not what you were talking about. So, I did laugh because anyway. it wasn't fucking funny. Like, I wanted to start a Dockin' podcast. <laughs> Jason's very serious right now. Um... Well, and I think this movie does, you know, what I, I really enjoyed about one where it brings back adults that are sort of ineffectual and don't listen to the kids, which doesn't happen in every film in this franchise, but I think is really interesting when they use it, um, especially because Freddy's origin story comes from parents trying to protect their kids. And then we have parents and other adults routinely not listening to what the kids are saying and not taking them seriously um, when they are in danger. And I think that's a really interesting um, contrast. And my favorite kill is also the puppet one. And I love tiny puppet Freddy, like claymation oh, yeah, puppet yeah. Freddy. <laughs> puppet boy. So creepy. It's creepy. It is creepy. So we've gone to dream warriors. It's time to master our, our dreams in dream master. I think I should have said it's time to dream master our dreams, but you know, mm-hmm. whatevs. We're talking about Dream Master. We got Tuesday Night. Does anyone know who Tuesday Night is? Probably not, but she is the lead in this movie at first. But we also get Joey and Kincaid 
Kincaid who come back. I didn't mention Kincaid last time because I should have though, because Kincaid is like my favorite character in anything. I love Kincaid, and I'm super bummed that this movie starts with him dying. Although it does have this weird, great, kill, great revival of Freddy, where a dog pees fire and he just comes back to life, and you're like, <laughs> makes sense to me. Coincidentally, that dog is named Jason. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, but also, the, the dog is the same dog that was in the movie The Hidden. So if you've seen The Hidden, there's another New Line movie about like aliens that doing a little swappy swap into different people's bodies and one time i went into a dog and that dog is the same dog that resurrected freddy by peeing fire on him who'd have thunk it um but yeah tuesday night also delivers the theme song for this movie which is nightmare and nobody really brings up this theme song but i think it's a kicker i like to run while listening to it sometimes because it's like running running from this nightmare and i was like well i'm literally running so it's like i don't know maybe i'm running from a nightmare so i can put myself into the song um you know freddy's the effects in this movie are great again we get really good effects uh we finally start getting a thing that i like to call the one character trait development uh where in this movie is where you really start to see characters who only have one thing about them that you know very specifically and that kind of leads to the downfall. Like, at one point, the, like, super, like, muscular, like, workout lady is, is, like, eating some food. And she's like, oh, my goodness, a cockroach. I hate the cockroaches. Mm. And you're like, oh. Freddie's like, I hear that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know. <laughs> we also have, in this movie, the worst kill of the franchise because they ran out of money. Which is the uh, invisible dojo fight. Where it's basically just like Freddy is thrown into cultural appropriationville and like yeah. has to uh, have like a kung fu fight, but he's invisible because I don't know. I guess they just couldn't afford to get Robert England back in the suit, or like they were just like they had him in like some like terrible like sumo attire, and they're like, oh goodness, we have to cut this. <laughs> um, I love that he was dressed up. And they're like, we gotta, we can't get get rid of that. <laughs> um, uh, and that scene, that scene is just great because it's just it's like a guy punching the air, and which, uh, given that we just watched season three of Riverdale, maybe that's where they got the idea for the invisible bear. They're like, guys, we're doing the invisible bear. This bear's invisible, just like Freddy and Dream Master, our favorite movie ever, because we're the writers of Riverdale and we're fucking weird. Um, there is um, a lot of uh, interesting things about this movie some water death bed some water death beds no some water bed deaths you know some tragedy um mm-hmm. jason what do you think of the dream yeah i don't really love this film um oh man randy Harlan though i know i mean to me this is where freddie turns the corner and just straight up becomes bugs buddy in a lot oh, of ways. What? Just, and just, just like, because he put sunglasses on? Uh, just because he at one point put sunglasses and all that on? Shit just, I, the best I, thing to come out of this movie, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that gif. That gif is gold, man. It's I like the best I, thing. I, I want to use that gif so many times. Just... So, like, I don't know. I mean, I'd, the cockroach shit with the break in the arm and all that stuff is, you know, she turns into a cockroach. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I I think the water bed, the water bed death scene is actually the best death to me in this movie, um, but you know, I, overall, like this to me is a lackluster entry in the franchise for me. This ranks at the bottom. Uh, so, so you you only 
like that death is because after it happens, Freddy's like, how's this for a wet dream? Yes. Uh, that's what I enjoy about it. That's uh, like a real line. And I was like, that's a, that's a bad line. He has a bad one-liner. Like, we're finally getting into bad one-liner Freddy Train. And I love it. I love it because it's bad. bad. There's another one where he's like, want to suck face? And he like, that's when the, the girl who has asthma is like having asthma. And then she gets her whole face sucked out. Yeah, but Mentioning never... that actor. Sorry. I know. I was just gonna say, like, I feel like it cro- it just crosses the line enough for me to find it less interesting than when, like, we get to like Freddy's Dead, where it's just full blown cartoon, and it's kind of more enjoyable for me there in that area. I just, yeah, this just sits in the space for me that just doesn't work. So that's that's. I mean that that's opinion. fair. I I I think for me the thing that I I like about this film before we throw it on to somebody else i think i like the characters a lot like i find that alice's alice has a has a nice journey i like, like the idea of her like she's gaining her friend's powers and she has like this cool like intro and montage where she like gets all these like cool gear and it's like i'm ready to fight freddy and i have back kicking powers and stuff but you know i can see it's not for everybody sophie so i'm gonna be really short here um i was telling y'all pre-show that i remember very little about four five and six and four is probably the one i remember the least about so i'm just going to say that i also think the waterbed kill is my favorite and that's all i have to say <laughs> damn dream master is getting some harsh criticism by the yeah crew. i yeah there's not nothing stuck from this one but not even the fact that Linnea Quigley is one of the souls in Freddy's chest at the end of the movie. That's a fun fact. but you didn't know that. I, I Bam, didn't know that. No. See? There you go. Sam, save me here. Am no, I, this am is going to be... This is going to be the shortest segment of all the movies. <laughs> it's completely 100% forgettable to the point where I'm right with Sophie where I forget, I'd say, 90% of this movie. Because it's off the incredible. top, when you kill off... Kincaid, I'm like, oh, well, there's still a lot left of this movie. Where are we going with this? It's just, I don't know. And I mean, everything feels so forgettable about this movie. If I had to pick my favorite death, I think I would go again with the childhood fear growing up with asthma. The asthma one was like, oh, okay, interesting. And it was just like, um, right. But yeah, it just... I don't know if it, it feels very weak and it, yeah, it is the start of, you know, the, the kind of one liners, but I think it's done so much better and so much more cartoony as the movies go on. And I tend to prefer that. Like, I don't really know. This is almost like two, but worse where you're like, I don't know where the hell they're going with this, but I'm kind of interested to see. So I'll keep watching. That's fair. That's fair. I'm alone on this Hill alone on the dream master Hill. It's okay. Because, because I'm sure everyone will join me to talk about the most beloved film of the franchise. <laughs> the one that's definitely, definitely not hated on by nearly every single person but moi. Yes, that's well, also, right. Also, Eric loves it. You guys can bond about that. It's true. It's true. I'm pretty sure it's mostly nostalgia on his part. But um, uh, let's talk about Nightmare 5, The Dream Child. I don't know why. I had to go ream, roll my R's. But yes, this one is a direct sequel to the last movie, Dream Master. We get some returning cast member. We get Alice and her forgettable love interest mm. who dies on a motorcycle. Uh, she pregnant. She gonna have baby. 
And it uh, turns out the way that Freddy's getting reborn in this movie is through the baby. So Freddy Let's now... say the fetus. Let's be clear. Oh, sorry. It's through okay. the fetus. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I... Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It is important to get very specific on that point. It's a fetus, and it's like a super fetus. Like, it's a very, very young it's fetus super that fetus. can apparently dream. <laughs> Look, you become Super Freddy while he's dreaming about fetuses. Anyways, so every time the fetus dreams, which, like, I don't know if that's a actual science. Like, I think somebody was just, like, somebody, like, read in, a, like, a Cosmo article and is like, baby dream. Bam. There's your movie. Uh, but every time that dreams, Freddy can now enter the dreams of anyone and just kill them even if they're not sleeping so like they can just be up and driving a car and then all of a sudden freddy's like oh i got this champagne better buckle up book and then he like he does uh he does actually do that he takes his arm off and uses it as a seatbelt because he's a safe driver um it does her kid does start showing up in the personified form of that bratty kid from the first Jurassic Park movie, the one that Alan Grant is like, this turkey would fuck you up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, shows the, like, claw, and, like, it's yeah. like, yeah, this is where it would slit you open. And then, like, even Freddy saw that scene and was like, whoa, Grant, you're a little rough on the kids, aren't you? <laughs> um, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of an acquired taste, this one. Um, it does, again, I like the human characters. Uh, I think my favorite kill is the comic book kid just because it's extra ridiculous mm. the kill starts out while freddy's riding a skateboard when he's all like monochrome <laughs> and black and white so fucking and stupid. then and then he starts like he's like uh he turns into super freddy where he's like big and buff and has like a cape and is like coming after the guy who's like this punisher ripoff who's like i'm gonna get you scum boom 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 and uh he starts like what does he say he's like more terrifying than a thousand maniacs. More powerful than the love between a man and a woman. No, I don't think he says that one. <laughs> but uh, he kneels to say he slashes up the, the, poor, the poor nerdy boy and he becomes no more. He loses all this color and he die. He die. It's not very bloody, this one, but he die. Jason. Is this going to even be shorter than the last one? No, I I mean, to me, like, this film sort of, um, I, I mean, this one sort I actually prefer this one to the last one. I mean, I don't think it's a very good film by any stretch of the imagination. I just find this one more purely entertaining because it's so fucking stupid. Like, I, I don't know. I prefer to watch this one to the previous film. I don't have, like, a ton to say about this. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that's all I have to say. Like, it, it's it's a dumb fucking film. The the idea... I, I really am uncomfortable with the idea of Freddy being in a fetus's fucking dream, by the way. It's just... It's another weird kind of instance of this franchise, like, diving heavy into, like, fundamentalist Christian logic. Because, right. like, again, this is kind of like... I mean, like, they at least... she has the autonomy like abortion does come up they don't really discuss it but like she does go like i want to keep the baby so like that i was like well it's her choice but like but then it gets all like hi i'm freddy's mom nun and i've got the kid and i'm trying to help freddy from messing with your kid and then the kid gets all weird freddy 
face and is like, I want to play with you. And then he's like, oh, look at my son, Fred Jr. <laughs> and it just it gets very weird in that, in that area. But, you know. I, I, yeah, and I think my favorite death scene is like the one where the, the woman falls asleep in the, and he like <laughs> locks her in the high chair and just like force feeds her fucking oh. <laughs> I feel bad. That's one bad of about the grossest kills in this entire franchise. <laughs> it's it's so, so upsetting to watch. It is very I just upsetting. again, this, I feel like the the connection to me in these later movies is again. I just kind of like really like these characters again because like they. This is a weird sequel to direct sequel to Dream Master in that they actually like have characters go through little arcs. Like the dad, he's going to AA. He was a drunk dad in the last movie. Now he's sober dad. There's like this sad moment where he's like I hope it's a boy because it would be nice to hear a boy running around the house again because it's referencing to his son that got killed by Invisa Freddy. Uh, I mean I, I would feel really bad if I was that dad and, and I knew that, that was the way my son died. I'd be like damn kid like you were a disappointment. Um, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and you know there's some sweet little sweet little touches with the human characters i like that the nerdy girl and the girl who gets force fed they have like a really nice connection and i get really sad when she's all like stuffed full of food and then he like (laughs) sees her stuffed full of food and he's like oh she's stuffed full of food how dare you freddy i'm gonna kill you and then you are what you eat yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) this comes out after the last movie where he like sticks like uh his his knife finger into a pizza and it's like like the grossest looking meatball ever and it's like oh yeah look at this little meatball it's soul food and it's like the grossest thing i've ever seen fuck um, you freddy fuck you okay <laughs> fuck you. Uh, is he the dream child of your dreams so um i hate this movie <laughs> um, oh, no. let me paint a picture let me paint a picture for you so as we've established i reviewed this entire franchise so i had never seen i had only seen the first one when i first started watching them uh this is a couple years ago and i had to watch one a week to review them to keep up with evan and the week that i got to this movie um, I was driving alone from my boyfriend's parents' house in Southwest Missouri back to Chicago, uh, which is like a seven to nine hour drive. And during that drive, drove underneath of like active funnel clouds, which if you don't know me, like tornadoes are one of my biggest fears. So I got back to Chicago. I was completely exhausted and I was like, okay, but I get to watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. This is going to be fun. And by the end of this movie, I was so full of rage and angry. I wish I'd been sucked it. up into a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, first of all, I mean, I think we haven't really talked about this, but the, the idea that these movies were coming out in such quick succession that there's several of them mm. where the plot doesn't make any sense because like they had, like they, they're making one movie a year. And so they're not, there are no rewrites. They're just like, this idea is cool. Let's run with it. And to me, this feels like one of the worst examples of that. It's like, okay, so Alice had this weird power where if Freddie could get in Alice's dream, he could use her to get into her friend's dreams. And then they get to five, and they're like, okay, so now that she's pregnant, if Freddie gets in her baby's dreams, he can get in her friend's dreams? First of all, her fetus is not born, has not met her friends. She and her fetus don't share a consciousness. Also, it's a fetus. It probably doesn't have a consciousness yet. 
This, I just like so found this movie. So we all know fetuses are magic, and <laughs> nobody knows how any of that works. There's no science involved. Yeah, There's we're all gonna get, like, really pro life on this podcast. It just it's like this. We are this not. Movie, we this are movie not. Also, like I think Andrew touched on this, but also the the idea that, and I know this is the idea that this movie is then using like a six or seven year old child named Jacob to be like, I'm your son. Feels like a super weird pro-life. Like, yes, he's a like a month old. This is like a month old fetus in your body, but he already is personified as a seven-year-old child. I just can't <laughs> stand this movie <laughs> at all. And um, when I was reviewing it for the site, I said that the most creative kill was the one Andrew mentioned about the, mentioned about the comics, but I was super angry about it. Um, and I legitimately oh, don't rem- wow. remember any of the other ones, so I'm gonna stick with that. I guess that was okay. cool. I mean, it was like a the... it was visually creative, but I hated it. <laughs> fair, that's fair. <laughs> uh, the other good kill, really good kill in this movie, is the motorcycle kill because, like, the motorcycle starts like going inside of him, and he's like, "Don't drink and drive. I'm your motorcycle right. now, bitch." And then I don't know why it becomes a cookie monster, but wait, does, I don't uh, remember just... this. When you say it goes inside of him, like he's like the wires, like the wires start coming out, like they're like oh. little Freddy claw. The oh, entrance sure. was anus. Like, I <laughs> thought you meant the one on his butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally the what motorcycle. I'm about. The motor. Sam, what do you think of this movie? <laughs> Fre- Freddy does not approve of this. <laughs> I mean, yes, he does. We all watch too. Yeah, uh, I used to argue that all the odd numbered uh, nightmare movies were the better ones, as opposed to the even ones. Um, trying again, I'm I'm a lot like Sophie, where this one it was probably so bad in my mind that I've kind of erased everything from it. I I can't. I feel like I may be remembering this wrong, but I remember watching the nightmare like eight hour documentary and the motorcycle great yeah the motorcycle death was a lot more graphic than what they actually showed in the movie and that's kind of all i really remember yeah when i the one where she's like force feed to eat herself that was just it's always again the deaths have always like tiptoed a line where you're like that's fucked but that's also really cool this one i'm like this, I'm not offended by very much in this world, but that was just a little too much for me. <laughs> it's fair, fair. Bon appetit, MPAA. MPAA apparently cut a lot of a lot out of this movie. Um, Probably more yeah, fetus nonsense. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh please, do not try to. Heroicize the MPAA, the biggest bunch of fanny names oh, that not. has ever I'm existed. Not. They're they're buttholes, they probably, but I'm just saying there's probably like a lot of weird, gory fetus shit. They were like, "This uh, is too weird. We have to cut it." No, I'm just gonna say I much swear. of this is um, Alice's fault because, as we all know, if Freddy enters your fetus, you, a woman has a way of shutting that entire thing down and not. Allowing oh my god! <laughs> Wait, and, yeah, and also, like, actually speaking of speaking obliquely of sexual assault, we can't talk about three and five without talking mm. about the uh freddie's mother storyline oh uh yeah the uh the cuddling by a thousand maniacs except there wasn't cuddling it was right yeah mm-hmm. it's um, a very dumb it's a very dumb origin for freddie kind of like it's like a weird it's shoehorned into both 
both movies. Yeah. And it's just like, it's very weird. He's like the bastard son of a thousand maniacs, which like, I guess is like, if you look at it on paper, it's like a, a, a good, it's a good way of just like, it's, it's like well, a generic name. Like they're it's like, like what is the most messed up origin story we can give this fucked up guy that people are like, yeah, no wonder he does this stuff. He's the bastard son of a thousand maniacs. Like, of course he would. It's almost like, it almost kind of feels like an excuse where it's like, look how terrible this is kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's just, it's what, like, what you can feel bad for him, not for his mom. Yeah. And it's just like, um, no, I kind of feel bad for the lady who was raped by all these people by being locked in this room with these maniacs. But yeah, no, let's just go with the I feel so bad for Freddie. He had a bad start in life. It's okay. Yeah. She became a glowy lady. She became glowy, glowy angel lady. It's okay. She's in the afterlife, I guess. Although like she's got a shitty afterlife. If her entire afterlife is having to deal with Freddy Krueger, like that's oh. the only thing. Yeah. Like just let her go to the ball. Bahamas or something as a ghost. I'm sure she would still enjoy it. And like, give her some time off. And that's the thing, like, the worst torture you possibly can experience isn't being killed by Freddy. It's having to sit in a room and fucking talk to him for more than ten seconds. <laughs> and like, have to try to repeatedly protect people from his fucking shenanigans. And yeah. be like, God damn it. Again? I can't see like... what I did to this bitch. Like, no, fuck <laughs> you. Does kind of like, it kind of, like, does put this weird onus on her to solve these problems. Yeah. Where, like, it's like, Lady, like, you're good. You don't even deal with the shit anymore. She has been through enough. Yeah. Mom, I done fucked up again. <laughs> exactly. It's like she's got, like, a little squirt ball. She's like, bad Freddy, bad Freddy. Go away. Here's some holy water. Get out of here. Um, that's uh, Dream Child. Um, yeah. Wow, that was a roller coaster. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. We, uh, I had a lot of feelings. We have a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions. Uh, speaking of emotions, let's go to Freddy's Dead, which is the most, like, in this movie, Freddy basically becomes like a Jimmy Fallon. Like, he's just like a Jimmy Fallon. He's just, like, hanging out. He's like, welcome to a nightmare on Elm Street. Every town has an Elm Street. He has, like, an in-house band. He's doing fun covers of popular songs with kazoos and stuff. He's lip-syncing. <laughs> yeah. Lipsing, babbling. He he's and John standing, he's staring at the camera and laughing every fucking three seconds. Yeah, he's always laughing at his own joke. I always, I remember, I was writing an article on something, and I compared all the different like bad levels of like comedian, and I, I always compared, uh, you know, Freddie to Jimmy Fallon because he always laughs at his own jokes. He's always mm-hmm. laughing at his own jokes, and he thinks he's so funny when really you're just like, shut up, Jimmy, Freddie. Although I've never heard uh, Jimmy Fallon say bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of editing in that show, okay? I think I would prefer it if karaoke. you said bitch more. Wait, <laughs> yeah. karaoke, bitch. <laughs> like John Krasinski, you're a little bitch. Just call it on John Krasinski. Um, yeah, so what's interesting about Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, is one, it's in 3D, but only for like 15 minutes, and they trademarked Freddy vision um it has some very weird cameos um i guess this explains what happened to roseanne uh (laughs) 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 um and uh it is one of the only franchise films maybe the only of the big three yes the only film in the entire franchise of the big three directed by a woman rachel talalay and rachel talalay is actually like a very 
good director. Like, I think she was kind of saddled with uh, not a great script here. Um, but the direction is pretty good. I think the directing is good. And she's also gone on to do a lot of directing, which is actually pretty impressive. She even directed some episodes of Sabrina. So uh, if you enjoyed Sabrina, I think she, she, I think she maybe directed the maybe half a good episode of Riverdale, because I think there's only half of a good episode in the entire franchise um which is why i started a podcast on it yay me um but yeah so it's odd freddy's wacky it's full on on wackadoo and uh you know sam does this movie give you freddy vision (laughs) oh also my favorite death is just seeing johnny depp get hit in the face of the frying pan I don't know if he dies (laughs) but i like to think he does i forgot about that in this movie i use that gif so much on Twitter. It's my favorite gift to bring up. Like just boom, hits him in the face. Boom. You like me? Sorry. I think you're forgetting the best part that Iggy Pop sings the title song mm-hmm. over the end credits. <laughs> oh God. Yep. I did forget the Iggy Pop of it all. <laughs> oh God. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. Again, it's just. This late in the franchise, it's just like, okay, what are we doing here, people? Like, what are we just... It's it's almost like a game this now far into the series where, again, it's like, how do we one-up the last one where it was like, so crazy, let's just make it even more crazy. But I like... Um, like, I agree with what Jason was saying earlier. I like that it's kind of so over-the-top and wacky and zany and, like, this cartoony thing that you almost can't help but kind of love it in a weird way where I would probably watch this one over one, like, two or one or, or five or that kind of thing because it's just, you're you're watching it and you're like, I, I want to see what's going to come next. I want to see what insane thing they're going to decide to do in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, and I exactly. agree with you about the Johnny Depp thing. The the frying pan in the face is the best. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, like, this is a movie that has Yafet Kodo in it. For, like, no reason. <laughs> Yafet Kodo is just in this movie. And I'm like, was Yafet Kodo just hanging out on set? Because, like, there's no reason for it to be in this movie. He doesn't even play a big role. He's just like, oh, yeah, I did some research. Freddy's, like, part of these fucking weird dream demons that just like show up and they're weird cgi things and they go hey we're gonna give you everything and add more to your convoluted backstory i'm yafet mm-hmm. koto by the way thanks this has like the cream of the, the crop of like bad cheesy freddy lines and like this oh, is yeah. like he's full-on looney tunes he is full on. oh he's looney- on his game in this movie like, there's this amazing, the chalkboard sequence, the gag, the chalkboard gag is like, like damn, Bugs Bunny has competition because this oh, guy is somehow a bigger dick. <laughs> like, he's just like, like, he plays around with it a little bit, and he's like, and like, does like all the like the scratches and the, and then his head blows up. And speaking of people, it's nice. No, that's not what he. He says, well, he does say that later, but mm-hmm. he, uh, when he blows it up, he's like, nice hearing from you, Carlos. And, he <laughs> yeah. and I was going to use that to transition to you, Jason. Oh, Someone it's always nice hearing from. Oh, that's, that's nice. I got oh. one that worked, guys. Let's just note one of my transitions worked. Yeah, it had to happen. A, that was a hell of a segue. <laughs> um, 
I really love this film. Like, it's so stupid. It's uh, pure Looney Tunes. Um, that's my favorite kill, by the way, is, is Carlos is fucking head exploding because it's just it's it's the perfect encapsulation of what this film is which is just either they just sat down and they wrote this film like who gives a fuck at this point or they're like let's just go full board with it and make this a cartoon and i this is the film i could sit down and just drink like 40 beers and still enjoy this movie like nothing (laughs) nothing happens there's no plot to speak of except those weird semen demon fucking with faces on them floating around. And you don't need to know a fucking thing about this movie. It's just weird video game shit and like... Be like cosmo- me. Be like yeah. me. Yeah. And, like and it's, it's a ball. Like, I love this movie. Well, it's almost like they played the MASH game with this movie where it's like Freddy yeah. is going to have 3D... And head explosions, and there's going to be a kid. Okay, go. Write a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I. It, it's also, like, peak ridiculous 90s. Like, this movie is so 90s. There's a scene where Freddy goes, You forgot the power glove! <laughs> and, starts, like, and starts doing that, and you're like, After a certain point of time nobody's gonna know what the fuck the power glove is right like the power glove is so rooted in a very specific point of time and like i bet kids today would watch this and be like what the fuck is a power glove is he got vr i don't understand i can't watch wait for like wizard, if freddy okay? yeah i know watch the wizard it's bad yeah this film has brecken meyer in it peak and i guess <laughs> amazing Tom arnold if if this movie were made today, he would be like, "You forgot the Oculus Rift," <laughs> and like you put on like the VR headset. He'd be like, "This is ridiculous. Kill me now." Um, Sophie, what do you guys? This is another one that I've only seen one time, and I remember basically nothing about it except the kid getting hit by the bus that Freddie drives. I love him driving that bus. <laughs> and, so fucking stupid. And what's he like? He's like, no screaming while the bus is in motion or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and I re- obviously I remember the Tom Arnold Roseanne Barr cameo because it's so fucking weird and insane. Guys, do you think um, Freddie is QAnon? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you just ask him... Oh no! I do feel like well, this is one that I need to rewatch because I feel like I probably would enjoy it more than I like four and five. I just have never seen it more than once. And um, my favorite kill in this is the Breckenmeyer one because it's the only one I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, there's there are there are quite a few good kills in this movie. Like I'm not gonna lie, I love the uh, the one that's like full Looney Tunes is when that kid is just having the nightmares. And uh, he has, like, he does, like, his shirt becomes a parachute. And then Freddy starts going, like, go, go, do, go, do, gonna oh, catch you, you're gonna yes, fall, yes. you're gonna fall. And then he starts, like, falling. And then oh, it cuts God. to Freddy literally doing, like, a Taz, uh, no, sorry, a, a like, a Wily E. Coyote thing where he's pushing a bed of spikes and just going, oh. And he, like, finally pushes it and he just, like, leans down, like, whoo, I'm exhausted. And you're, like... The idea of he's in a dream. Who the fuck is he playing this scene to? 
why is he like if you try to like put the logic to it it's like why would you go to this production but i mean like i guess he's just in a looney tunes um and it just he splats on it and he just gets spiked and it's, it's crazy there is a, a very weird scene in this movie where it tries to tackle a like a dad who like sexually assaulted the daughter and like tries to deal with it seriously and it's like not like the the character it's like it's not a terrible way of doing it i've seen much worse ways of doing it but it's just so out of place in, in this movie because like everything in this movie is goofy mm. ex- except for that scene where you're just like gross and like uh it's it's very it's a very odd um we also meet freddie's daughter in this movie uh and that's like who the main character is and she's all like oh no am i gonna be like my my daddy it's like nope she's not she like just beats him up throws some ninja stars at him and blows him up with like a bad pipe bomb and he goes kids and then it's like he his head blows off and then and his own head somehow comes through the jaw of his already decapitated head, and he blows up again. It doesn't make any sense. And then the dream demons show up, and they're just, like, floating around, and they're like, We thought you had a deal. What the hell happened here? You suck. We're going to hang out somewhere else. What's Shocker up to these days? And just, like, flooded away. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Uh, it's, it's, I only want want to mention the fact that his daughter is in this movie is so that next week when i get really really indescribably angry at freddy versus jason versus ash the nightmare warriors which is the second freddy versus jason versus ash comic book series and i didn't say ass i said ash are you <laughs> Very sure you different. didn't say ass because it sounded a lot like you said ass <laughs> <laughs> look it would be a better comic i swear to god the nightmare warriors is one of the worst comics ever because it brings in all of the characters like all the surviving characters from both franchises and you think it's really cool but it's written by like somebody who like maybe half watched those movies once and then does some really weird things with it but we'll get into that next week so are you um, sure you're not this is not the segment of the podcast where you read some like weird fan fiction that's freddy and jason's versus ass (laughs) (laughs) i'm all for that can i just say i don't we have to say that definitely freddy's a power bottom right (laughs) (laughs) what jason's the power bottom jason's the power bottom what are you talking about oh my god Oh. I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, maybe, like, uh, he's doing some, like, Aleister Crowley powerbomb. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's all is. talk on the streets, man. <laughs> powerbomb in the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> New Nightmare is a movie. <laughs> it's the next movie in the franchise. Um, they wanted to make another sequel, and we're like, well, we killed Freddy last time. How do we do it again? And it gets really inventive. Wes Craven finally comes back to do another directing job. And this is where we get full-on meta-horror. This is 94. I think this is Mm -hmm. 1994, I believe. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, Mm -hmm. the birth of, like, the idea of meta-horror really infecting the popular mainstream. Like, it it existed before. Like, people have been doing meta-horror since horror was a thing. Like, you could argue something like uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is kind of a like a meta horror where it kind of like plays around with like a lot of the tropes and stuff like that. But it hadn't really hit the mainstream of the eighties and nineties until new nightmare. And later on, it really hit 
the big time when Scream came out, and then every movie afterwards with Scream. Uh, I I love this movie. I think it's really watchable. I think they, they make Freddy scary again. Um, his death again is bad. I'm, I'll be straight up. He has some weird explodey death, which just looks fucking ridiculous. Um, but uh, I like a lot of the ideas they tackle in this. Um, and they kind of they use Los Angeles in a very interesting way. Like I remember during one of the documentaries, they talked about how there is actually... Oh, I'm sure there is. Um, there is actually um, a... They filmed parts of it in... <clears throat> Sorry, I was distracted. Because Sophie just told us there's Jason slash Freddy fanfic, and my brain melted. There's uh, a lot again. of it, you guys. I love the internet. No. <laughs> I'm definitely it. reading all of it tonight. Guys, one yeah. of them is called When Did Your Heart Go Missing? like that Rooney song from the OC I'm crying okay sorry Andrew I didn't mean to throw you off (laughs) they filmed some footage anyways let's talk about New Nightmare (laughs) Sophie what do you think of New Nightmare I love this movie um so I am a huge, 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 huge fan of the entire Scream franchise and to me uh and I was a fan of that before I had seen any of the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And to me, this feels like, you know, Wes Craven's warm-up to Scream in the best way. I love getting to see... I will be honest, I'm not always the biggest fan of Nancy as a, as a final girl or as a character. I kind of go back and forth with her. Um, but I love seeing Heather Langenkamp play herself and also Nancy in this movie. I like that. This is my favorite movie that she's in of the franchise. Um, wow. And there are some like sort of hokey um, sections where the effects do not age. Well, I'm thinking of the scene where the sun is tra- is crossing the interstate and there's like a giant Freddy oh. over him in the clouds. <laughs> that looks <laughs> like really Mufasa. bananas. Uh, right, exactly. I think that that would be a. I want like to do someone to do like that three moon shirt, but but it's just, like just that Freddy, like just like. <laughs> I would love that, um, but I think this movie has some really like does a really good job of switching back and forth between dream sequences and reality in a way that is cool. Um, I think it has some really inventive kills, and I just really appreciate the storyline that they have going. So my favorite kill is the, because it's the saddest one, but I also think it's the, the best done is when the nanny dies mm-hmm. um, in the hospital. And I just love the way that that, that ties back to Tina's death in the first one, yeah. because I think there's something so terrifying about so often when we see Freddie kill someone, we're seeing it in their dreams. It is so much scarier to me to see their death from the outside, like people who are awake are watching it happen, but they can't do anything. Um, I find that way more terrifying because it's like, even if you are being attacked by Freddy in your dream, like the people who are on the outside trying to help you can't help you. Nice. Nice. Uh, I, I didn't mention my favorite kill. My favorite kill is the, the Freddy claw, the, like the Me robot too. Freddy claw, just cause I love the way it walks it does this little saunter it's, it's like, very sassy <laughs> yeah. little sassy little sassy <laughs> little sassy freddy sam what do you think a new nightmare 
Oh, I, God, I love this movie. It's just, it's such a reward to all the fans who have loved this franchise. And it's just got so many nice callbacks. I love that we get to see uh, John Saxon again. I love that um, Robert Englund is playing himself in it too. It just, there's so much to love about this movie. And I think it's such a nice payoff for everybody who's stuck through the shit that we've had to endure going along through this franchise it's a really nice payoff and it's like hey we understand all the things you loved about the movie it's kind of like a gift to freddy fans that kind of thing i i could watch this movie over and over and over again there's just so much there's so much to love about this movie yeah, hundred percent. Like, uh, it's you know, it's so much fun to watch it with a group of people as well. Like, especially if someone is like, "Oh, I've never seen that." And they're like, "Oh, you haven't seen New Nightmare? Oh, we gotta watch New Nightmare. Like, it's awesome." I mean, I think it's even a good one as a standalone to show people. Yeah, where it's just like this is it's it's such a great. I mean, if again, where you come back to, if you're not gonna watch any of the other Nightmare movies, this is a great one where it's just like it's a nice overall kind of. Um, little it just kind of cap captures the whole world in one movie which is really nice and kind of touching on what sophie said the whole thing i love about this franchise is that it's something that feel you know obviously this can't happen and you know there's not a weird psycho demonic killer who can kill you in your dreams but it's something that is so real that you can convince yourself when you're lying in bed at 3 a.m that if i fall asleep somebody could kill me in my dreams and i will never wake up that was the thing that made me fall in love with this franchise so much and i think that this movie just kind of cemented it for me where it's like this is why i've stuck through watching this and this is why i will fight that i like these movies better than a lot of horror franchises yeah, no, that's that's great. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like this, this movie has a lot to it. It's so interesting because this movie was is it was well regarded, made good money and made good box office, and was also the last appearance of Freddy for a while. That versions of Freddy versus Jason actually were hopping off of this idea to do new nightmare. Freddy again. So I'm reading this book called Slash of the Titans in prep for our Freddy vs. Jason episode in a few weeks. And uh, they are there are scripts that actually use the new Nightmare Freddy as a template, which is which is very interesting. And um, it just goes to show how big of an impact this movie made because even though it wasn't really the Freddy everyone knew, it did kind of become like the new standard. Jason, what do you think of that Freddy Claw? The th- Thumb claw. You like thumb? You like Freddy thumb or no Freddy I, thumb? I don't think my video is working, but um, I uh, am nearly in tears. Um, I feel f- seen for the first time in my life. I am obsessed with New Nightmare. Like I, um, I said at the beginning, the first one isn't my favorite. Um, New Nightmare is my favorite of the entire franchise. I'm really obsessed with films that have big ideas that sort of get made anyways and in some ways are kind of sloppy and don't exactly work but somehow like it all comes together and this film is like the epitome of that like i don't think we get scream without this film i think this is um and i feel like a lot of people discount this film quite a bit like i don't think anyone i've always felt like nobody when i bring this film up people are like what the fuck are you talking about 
Like, I, um, I adore this film. Like, this is my favorite, one of my favorite horror films of all time, quite honestly. And it's just the idea, the meta idea. When I saw it, when I really, you know, and it opened me up to just the concept. I love Robert England. Um, you know, Sam said playing himself and kind of playing a dick too. Like he's kind of a dick version of himself. Um, <laughs> the best part. And, and it's re- yeah, that's really cool. Um, and it, you know, that whole the whole cast kind of coming together and just and Wes Craven is kind of a dick in this film too, playing himself. In the way that they kind of treat Heather, the way that the parents do in the first film, in terms of like not believing her, in the way that they kind of treat her, um, and you get Miko Hughes, you know, also kind of a meta commentary on like the creepy child because you have him in Pet Cemetery playing the creepy child, mm-hmm. and now in this film he's absolutely horrifying just to look at. Um, and I don't mean he's ugly; I just mean like he's <laughs> a. Um, he is ugly. <laughs> I'm going on record. Miko Hughes, not an ugly child, but he he is very um, creepy in this film, and he's used to great effect. And I just I'm, I I love this fucking movie so much, love it. Um, and the claw is my favorite. The claw coming to claw. life. Little sand claw. Yeah. Now, nice, when you said the nice. claw, you mean the opening where the claw walks around, not when it grabs Heather Langenkamp's husband by the junk. Oh, I mean, like, that scene's great, too. Actually, I actually have problems with that. So, that that scene, the only thing I don't like about that scene is the CG. Because, like, he does, like, the hand, yeah. hand kind of yeah. comes up from, like, a CG. And, like, that's not the best. But, like, you know what? He, he do some junk stabbing. It works. Well, I Claws. also really like when, about- he, when he just uses the one knife to, like, tickle his fly. So, he's like, oh, my balls itch. <laughs> like, such a weird. I love that because it's I feel like so it's a meta commentary on what Freddy actually wants to do. Which is it's just, just like make balls. guys think they're balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, I wish we should say we should mention that the idea of Freddy in this movie is that it's like a dream. It's like an actual demon from mythology has been like trapped inside of like this character for so long, and after killing him, he like finally breaks free. Um, also, I really want the painting Robert England does in my house oh, like yeah. i want somebody to remake that painting for me and i just want to have it in my house because it is dope as fuck and i love it, it on ebay the original for like 25 bucks <laughs> oh it's yeah it's worth more than that <laughs> <laughs> robert nick is like oh, i just got like 20 of these just sitting in the back maybe paint it over and over and over again so i got like 50 <laughs> it's 25 <laughs> bucks bitch <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't say bitch at all in this movie, does he? No. Mm-hmm. No. No. Uh, at one point, he probably says, like, I'm back, a dinosaur story. But, like, I don't think he says anything about it. I don't think he says bitch. Uh, or a uh, dinosaur story. I just can't say I'm back without thinking we're back, a dinosaur story. Because I have brain problems. I mean, also, it's Speaking, a great movie. It's yeah. true. It's true. Speaking of great, wonderful oh, movies God. that everyone fucking loves. No. The movie, it's, you know what we talked about we talked a good game about all these other movies but like guys we all know this is our favorite this is what we love this is what we're here for the planet of dance remake i can barely say it. the platinum dunes remake of nightmare on elm street so they remade this movie yep 
They did. I wish, they I wish people it. could see all of our faces right now because it's so solemn and so like, yeah. do we have to do this? It's the yeah. first time that they explicitly make him a pedophile. Yeah, I feel like um, all all respect to Jackie Earl Haley. I think his actual performance as Freddy isn't bad. It's very different. It's not He's my preferred actor. Freddy. He's a great actor. My preferred Freddy is the like slapstick drag queen Freddy. Uh, I love that. Um, <laughs> don't we all? But. But yeah, the thing is, exactly. like, you don't need to explicitly say he's a child molester when you hire Jackie Earl Haley. That's just implicit. <laughs> and you hire wow. him. Wow. Oh, that oh. is some hateful <laughs> shit. We went there. And the legal case that goes, uh, in the official opinion of Malkshiks and Mimosas, <laughs> is not that hiring Jackie Earl Haley makes him an explicit pedophile. Remember, he was Rorschach in that one Watchmen movie, and Rorschach... I don't know. Was asexual? It's was it? Wasn't confusing. it? But I think it was in Faculty of Horror where they were like, "If you want to see Jack or, Jackie Earl Haley play a pedophile, watch Little Children." Oh instead. my god! It is <laughs> devastating. Have you ever that seen? Has anyone is... ever seen that that movie? Yes. Oh. No, and I don't think to after the, after what you just said. I don't want to see Jackie no. Earl Haley do that. It's a now really I feel like I'll be a terrible person if I go in the stomach. <laughs> it's a tough movie. Yeah. Tuffy. Taffy, apparently. Um, see, I feel like this this movie goes, starts to go down a route and doesn't really commit. And I think the remake would have been more interesting if they had made it a re- revenge film from Freddy's perspective, as in, like, Freddy was actually innocent. Like, I think if they would have done that, that would have been very weird. Like, it would have been, you would have just got so far out of the realm of what we know of the character that you would have pretty much been able to just start doing everything and doing new things, right? Like, it would have been more interesting had he become the evil thing that they thought he was out of rage because Mm -hmm. it was revenge. Like, that would have been an interesting take as is, they just do a lot of the same shots and ideas from the original, but do it in CG and it looks worse, which is just very surprising. Like, the, uh, the scene where Nancy is sleeping, uh, uh, in this movie, played by Numi Rapace, a woman who has never eaten a piece of pie. That's just, just a fun story. She's never <laughs> eaten a pie. Uh, that's not slander. It's true. I read it in an interview. It weirded me out. Why don't you eat pie? It's delicious. I swear. If you're listening to this, eat some pie. It's delicious. That's all. You had to live through um, making the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, oh, you deserve a pie. And you deserve a pie. Get yourself a nice key lime. Anyways. Oh, yeah. um, Delightful delightful but in the original movie when nancy's sleeping like there's like a sheet and like freddy like has this weird like rubbery thing where he's like coming through the wall and like a crucifix falls on her face and then they do they do that same shot in this movie but it's cg and it looks bad awful yeah it looks like he looks like a baby face dog (laughs) (laughs) doo-doo and i you you don't I just don't understand because like I think when they're trying to do something new with it and changing it up a little bit, it's at least an it's I'm at least interested to see where they take it. But when they just start repeating thoughts and ideas from the other movies that have been done way better without the heavy camp value in this movie, like no camp. This movie is not full of camp. This movie is taken very seriously and wants to scare you. And Freddy is like, I haven't even cut you yet. He's just like some weird like he. He just he speaks. He's like no funny. He he looks bad. He, he looks, looks like bad. a sleepwalker. He looks like a sleepwalker. It's uh, what makes me so mad is that for some reason I don't know if it's like a 
rights thing, the only Freddy you ever see in any material right now, like Freddy Krueger showed up in a Mortal Kombat game, except it was this Freddy Krueger. It's remake Freddy Krueger. And like, I want to see it's Mortal Kombat, a thing where like some guys like head explodes. Why would you not get like OG Robert England to be like, oh, flawless victory? Bitch. You're You're all my children now, bitch. Um, And um, even that. I'm your boyfriend now, Scorpion. (laughs) Get over here. Lots of tongue. (laughs) Lots of tongue. He uses his tongue to like. uh, Get people close to him. Um, uh, And also, like, there's that game, Dead. Death by Daylight, I think Dead by Daylight or something like that. It's like a it's like a horror game that has brought in like all of these famous killers from various media, and the game looks kind of lame because it's like all of these people put people on hooks to sacrifice them to like demon dream demons as they try to fix generators. It's like that's boring. You're just fixing generators until Ghostface throws you on a hook. Like that's fucking lame. Ghostface doesn't throw people on hooks. Anyways, um, Freddy's in that, but it's night. It's like it's this. This version of Freddy Krueger. So it's like, again, I don't even get the fun of playing Robert England. It's this version of Freddy Krueger. And I don't understand what it is and why this version is the only version that gets licensed, apparently. It must just be like a weird new line thing. I don't know. Uh, um, they uh, use a paper cutty thingy to jab into Freddy's throat. That's, that's the best kill, I guess. Um... <laughs> You know, Sophie, what do you think of this remake? Honestly, so this is fascinating. I saw this in theaters when it came out, and I remember liking it when I saw it. Now, disclaimer, I also liked the Friday the 13th remake when I saw that in theaters. Ooh. I have since rewatched both of them and like, oh no, these are garbage. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I do I do like that I do like Jackie Earl Haley's version of Freddy. I agree with you, Andrew, that I would always prefer like campy, silly Freddy, but I appreciate that if they're gonna try to do another one, that the person playing Freddy does something different. Like it would have yep. been ten times worse if Jackie Earl Haley was just doing an impression of Robert Englund the whole time. Like that would be okay. a million times worse. I know you say that. But can you imagine Jackie Earl Haley <laughs> trying to pull off a Robert England impression? I would uh, love this fucking movie if that's what happened. Today. It would be pretty great. But I like there is a part of me that appreciates the like gross, like very gross, very slimy performance that he's doing. But like the rest of the movie is terrible. And like that's saying a lot considering that like this came out at a time that I I I was poised to love it and I did enjoy it when it came out because it has like actors in it that I enjoy from other things and whatever. Um But yeah, I mean I think Andrew's point is really good that it really seems like it's just rehashing for the most part the original movie but with worse effects mm-hmm. um and less compelling stories. Um I vaguely remember there being a cool kill in the diner at the beginning. Maybe did that happen? I'm gonna say that's my favorite. He, yeah, it's, it's like, like a butter knife. Like, yeah, it's like 
some guy butter knifes his own throat, and you're like, I would too if I was in this movie. Like, yeah, I'm gonna take <laughs> that because it's the only one I remember. <laughs> so it was probably great. They're like, want peanut butter? Yeah, sure. Only for the knife to get out of this production. <laughs> he, he was reading the script a moment before that. He was like, <laughs> he was like oh, I'm out. <laughs> hey, Bob, what are you reading? The script. Get out. And he was out. actually supposed to be the final boy, but he read the script and he was like, I quit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very creative way to quit. He had to use a lot of effects money to uh, do mm-hmm. this. Uh, um, Sam. You like District Nightmare movie? Can I just say that this was probably the most angry I ever left the theater? Dang. Ever? You can say that. (laughs) I remember sitting there, and it ended, and I was sitting with my husband, and all I could muster was, what the fuck? And there's a guy sitting behind me in the theater who... You know, is just from the way he's talking, is one of those idiots who's like, yeah, as a, as a huge Freddy and a huge Nightmare fan, I thought it was probably, like, the best one that they've done in years. And I, <laughs> I couldn't well, help myself. And I turned true. around, and I was like, fuck you. Excuse me? And he kind of turned, I'm like, I, I can't. And I just, I left. I, I, I haven't been so angry watching this. And I, my whole problem with this movie... <laughs> is I don't like the way remakes of horror movies were going through this phase where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to explain the backstory of the killer so then you can understand why they're doing this. Like, that's what drove me nuts about the remake of, like, the first remake of Halloween, where it's like, I don't care that this kid was bullied and that he (laughs) killed kittens and stuff like that. The most terrifying part about him is that you didn't know a backstory the most terrifying thing about why they do these horror movie serial killers and stuff is not knowing a backstory that's the terrifying part you have no idea why they're doing that that's why it makes it so scary so and they kind of and i know what they touched upon it about his mom in in the other movies in the franchise but with this one it almost kind of felt like they were trying to go for that sympathy card with this and i don't want that there's again freddie is one of the most terrifying horror characters in history and you're trying to give him this backstory to explain things and it's it's i just god i'm getting so angry thinking about it i haven't seen this in years i've probably watched it twice once when we were in the theater and the second time to be like okay maybe i was maybe i was being a little harsh and then like halfway through i'm like nope can't do it. I, I, I can't. I can't do it. Then it's you just, just awful. had to go out. You just had to go out and find that guy in the theater again to be like, "Fuck you! Fuck <laughs> you! This is why it's wrong." That the idea of you like. I like the idea of you like running into this guy at the grocery store or something, and it's like, "It's you! Fuck <laughs> you!" Or me not even recognizing him, and he just has like post-traumatic stress, and he's just like, "It's fucking <laughs> <laughs> You're his Freddy Krueger, like he just has dreams. <laughs> like people be like, "Fuck you!" Uh, yeah, it's like it's 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 interesting because uh, um, what we are talking on a podcast about the CW, and this is the most CW ass casting we've seen in this franchise. Um, we've got crap. She's in like Arrow. Kate Cassidy. Kate Cassidy. Kate Cassidy. Also in Harper's Island. Um, some some TV show 
that Sophie uh, greatly adores and is currently still in my house because it costs too much to ship back to her. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and it's, like, a lot of CW actors. you got, like, Connie Britton, and I think Connie Britton's been in a bunch of CW stuff. Like You she have plays the guy the, from, um, shit, the guy from Veronica Mars who plays, because isn't Rooney Mara the final girl? Yeah, she yeah, is. plays Rooney she Mara's yeah. boyfriend or whatever. He's like you the know, Johnny Depp to her character, right? And you know, you know she's good because she's never eaten pie before. Like that's how you know she, she's like the good final girl because she's never eaten pie. Um, well, see, and then even just talking about this, like I know in the original film, there's Johnny Depp who was a teenage heartthrob and everything, but you didn't look at those characters like that. They felt no yeah they weren't selling them on that they weren't selling them on sex appeal or being these teen heartthrobs they were selling it on these really relatable characters where with this one it just felt like they took a whole it's like well we kind of kind of blend in with what all the new remakes are doing and what all new horror movies are doing so let's just cast this like really good looking cast and that was another thing where i'm like fuck like you're not I get that you're trying to get a new fan base here, but if you're also trying to give old Nightmare fans a little treat after all these years of not having a new Nightmare movie, you're doing a piss-poor job at it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, like, no fanfare, no no nothing here. Jason, have we gotten your opinion on this movie? I don't think... I think we've just been yelling about this movie so much. Jason, <laughs> I'm so enraged. what do you... What, what do you think about this CW masterpiece? Do you finally understand what it's like watching Riverdale every, um, you know, every day, every week, oh, God, every moment so of my life? Do you watch it every day? Spend time, <laughs> I, I spend time I on that Riverdale movie. Reddit, okay? I think this is a great movie. No, no you I don't. He's lying. <laughs> of all the films in both the franchises, this is my least favorite. Like, uh, we talked a little bit about the Friday remake, and the Friday remake's fucking stupid, too, but... It kind of does what you say, which is try to take it in a different direction, at least. And yeah, Jason's running around trying to protect pot plants or whatever the fuck he's doing in that movie for some <laughs> bizarre reason. But at least it's different. Like, at least it's something else. It's What it is is stupid, but at least it's something else. This film, oh God, is just a worse film than... It's just a beat-by-beat awful film remake like it, it there's nothing good about this film there's like yeah i i really appreciate what you said about jackie o'haley you know trying to be very slimy and i don't think this is his um fault and i definitely agree with you that i think that that's an interesting take to try to make freddie scary again the problem is that only works if the rest of the film isn't equally fucking repugnant like this entire film is repugnant from beginning to end, and I don't just mean like from a kill standpoint, it just like it it just feels so fucking cheap, so fucking lazy, so offensively bad. It, it, there's no money behind the effects, clearly, no heart. It's just it's the worst uh example of what a bad remake can be. And well, it's super cynical, yes, I think like you, yeah. Very cynical film, and it's also I fucking hate it also it. has like no color. Yeah, it also has no color palette, right? Like when you think of the other, uh, at a lot of horror films in the early two thousands have this freaking problem. Everything where is like it's black just and brown. Gray and red. Yeah, it's like black and gray and brown. Everything 
like gross and shitty where you like watch another freddy movie he's just like bam it's like going to pride parade there like, <laughs> like there's like all kinds of colors everywhere it's like awesome and then you like watch this movie and it's just like ugh. It's like those creepy dudes who live beside me basement. Like, this movie right. sucks. Right. It's like hanging out with a fucking murder, a child murdering molester for fucking two hours. It's like, why yeah. do I do that? I don't. And it's like, it's like Andrew said, I sort of feel like this movie, I think, would have actually been very interesting if they had, like, stuck to their guns and made it, like, they went in a totally different direction. They're like, oh, actually, Freddy was innocent, and what made him a monster was being burned alive by these, like, vigilante parents. I think, like, if you had Jackie Earl Haley doing the same performance and that was the story, this movie would have been more interesting. But as it stands, just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to redo what's already been done, and we're going to do it not as good. Yeah. Also, I'm sad that I wasn't here to tell you guys that I saw the remake of Friday the 13th at the drive-in. And I, um, it's a long story, but I had to drink an entire bottle of champagne by myself. And there's a part of that movie that made me cry. <laughs> had to. Had to go I'm very interested about the quote marks between had to drink a full bottle. So I went to a, I went to a drive-in movie theater and it was supposed to be like a big group of us in the car, but then the group was too big. So we split up and it was me and my one friend in the car who was driving so he's like, I can't drink any, and you can't, like, champagne doesn't keep, like, you have to drink it or dump it out. So I drank a whole bottle of champagne, and then when they when he killed the uh, the guy from Disturbia, the Asian actor, I cried. <laughs> oh, okay, I was going to say, I, I think I cried as well at the end of that movie, but that was just for the state of that franchise. No, 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 no. I yeah, literally didn't you lost watch that scene. I was like, that guy's from Disturbia, and I can't watch because it's going to make me too sad. So my sober friend, like, described in detail to me how he was dying, and I just started sobbing. <laughs> it was a... I would have just, like, completely, like, played it up. Oh, wow, like, Jason suddenly had a change of heart. He no. let him go. He actually no. paid for his college tuition. Wow, Jason is now a sponsor. <laughs> you were, like, life. a shitty like... freshman in college boy that I hung out with, though. Like, most of the dudes I hung out with in college were dicks. So, it's here true, we are. It's true. <laughs> I am not a dick because I will lie to you. Um, <laughs> so, I think we're going to finish this this off on a bit of a lighter note on a bit of a more upbeat note is where do you want to see the franchise go from here if you were to get the chance to pitch or have another freddy movie where would you want it to go and how would you want it to go uh for me i i think that this franchise would be really interesting to be rebooted as an anthology film where where you get a separate director who has like a very specific visual style to direct each dream sequence like you can still have like an overarching plot but like make each dream sequence and give that to the hands of like a different director who is like got a very visual and a very distinct style and then just really kind of like, like full go full in on the authorship and like just make these weird segments that are just like completely in the hands of these like very creative people and i think that would be a very interesting way to take the franchise um i don't know what you do with freddy at this point because like, I don't know if someone else can play Freddy is the problem. Because, like, the Freddy as I want him, he's, like, it. I don't know if you can do it. Like, it's weird because, like, eventually they had another person play Dracula. They had a, they've, they've had a whole bunch of people play Frankenstein. Jason's been played by bajillions of people. But there's something so iconic about Robert England as Freddy that, like, it's really hard to see anyone else in the role. Um, I mean... 
he I think he would be willing to put the makeup on one last time. I think he said that recently, like after doing the Goldbergs. He did an episode of the Goldbergs, and where he like fully went back into his makeup and everything, and like went all in. Mm-hmm. And like I think I, I want, think maybe um, I want Paul Giamatti to play the next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I would listen. Actually, in that same vein, I would also. I feel like Giovanni Ribisi could be like a really weird and great Freddie. <laughs> Look, I'm sure he could be because Giovanni Ribisi fucking creeps me out. Just he's not wearing makeup or anything. He's just standing there with a glove on. Hey, hey, hey! Cool. <laughs> just no, staring at the camera. I will not. <laughs> Jason, where you want to see this franchise? Go? If I'm being honest, guys, like I kind of just wish it would just end i mean i just don't i think i think like i don't think you can i don't think this you know and i'd love to be proven wrong like i just don't feel like it's kind of what andrew was saying like how do you do freddy at this point like unless you're bringing robert england in like i don't know what you're doing um so and i don't think that's gonna happen at this point and even if you are like you have to have a solid story if, especially if you want to do something serious, like I don't know how you accomplish that with with Robert England and and the only person I'd really want to see do a new Nightmare movie is Wes Craven, and we know that's not happening. So, I, I mean, I'm I mean I'm just in the camp of I'm fine with it ending the way it is. We have some great films, we have some very entertaining films, we have some bad films, but. I mean, I'm okay with it in the state it's in right now, which is, you know, we've seen it. I know okay, that's not okay, going to be a popular know, opinion, but, like, that's... Are, are you sure it does, you don't want it to take the uh, the way that this um, erotic fan fiction goes? Oh. Um, so <laughs> let me tell you, it's got some choice lines. <clears throat> are you reading the one I sent before. you? Yes, I'm I reading the one you sent. This is guys. This right whole now. fan fiction is like centered around uh, "Set Fire to the Rain" by Adele. Oh my god! I thought you spoiled the line. Okay, wait. Hold my on a second. Let me wake my children up so they can come see this. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. okay. Freddy took off Jason's mask and put his arms around Jason's neck. Jason pulled Freddy closer to himself, wrapping his arm around the burned man's waist, and their lips collided again. <laughs> each other in a so wanted kiss in the same moment that their lips met the rain started to fall as they continued to kiss without care about if they are going to get wet or not and then this is i'll sit filed to the rain did they wait did they write the lyrics of the song in the story? yes it's like interspersed yes. throughout the fan fiction the whole song bravo that, i'm a fan that, fiction queen that's well done <laughs> kudos whoever wrote that also Andrew's well leaving done. out that in the first so the whole thing is written like paragraph by paragraph like this is Freddy's perspective this is Jason's perspective this is Freddy's perspective this is Jason's perspective the first perspective from Freddy describes Jason as a retarded zombie which is really upsetting <laughs> I think the accurate, most upset not I think w- yep that's bad but also the fact that he introduces himself as my name is frederick charles krueger but you probably know me for freddy krueger the dream demon 
I don't need you to tell you tell you what happened to me because you probably know the story, bitch. He didn't put the bitch there. What? Yeah, it's, it's like not. Monologue, listen, guys, it's like not well written, but it's so absurd. Oh, God, it's amazing. Ah, <sighs> wait, so are you done reading? Like, I want to know. <sighs> they oh, cut. they just keep making they, out in the rain they and they don't on. care. They just make yeah, out? yeah, they cut They they make out for a little bit and then they cut a little. A little Ooh. bit, and then Jason says, "I love you, Freddie," and uh, that's literally the last line. Although, like, I don't know how Jason says that. It's probably like, <laughs> and then he's just like, <laughs> he can't talk. He's always got water in his lungs. Um, uh, damn. Where would you like what to Jason's be? breath smells like? Oh, oh my gosh! Oh. Well, Freddie describes it when he kisses him, like it tastes like blood and lake water. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking gross. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, guys! I, I didn't feel like that fan fiction. It just there were just some kind of like key parts that <laughs> yeah. stood out. So yeah, I feel like this isn't your first time reading that fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> You do a lot about that fan fiction. You're pulling out lines. You're pulling out details. It's okay. It's okay. We we know what you're into, but that's He's got fine. it memorized. Yeah, you got it memorized. Oh, oh my lord! <clears throat> and where would you like to see this franchise go? And would it be erotic? <laughs> Always. Um, no, I'm 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 kind of like Jason. I'm I'm more on the fence where it's like, prove me wrong, I guess, and. You know, it's kind of a defeated attitude at the at this point where it's just I on one hand, I would like to see something new come out of this. But at the same time, like it's going to have to be amazing. Everything about it has have to be well thought out kind of thing. I think if you if I had to pick anything, I kind of like these horror um, series that they're doing, especially on Netflix, where you get um, house on uh Hellstone Haunted Hill and all those kind of things where it's like the horror TV series kind of thing um, and I almost uh, yeah I don't know it's so hard to go with this because there's just so much that I love about the original series because it was just it was so new and so original and nobody was really doing anything like it that it's kind of just stuck in this little time period that we can all really enjoy. And I just, I don't, yeah, prove me wrong. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be angry leaving a theater again. I, I, I don't think people will enjoy that again. <laughs> Especially not that guy who will almost certainly be right behind He's going to be behind me again. Sophie, where would you like to see this franchise go? And hopefully so I think I'll be dancing at the end of this podcast. So I think if there were now everybody bear with me, I feel like I'm going to lose the whole crowd. <laughs> if there were to be any more Nightmare on Elm Street properties, I would like it to fully embrace campiness. So I would really love like a Nightmare on Elm Street musical. <laughs> That is like oh well conceived, well, well done. I'm, I'm in for that. Yeah, like that's what I want. And if and if we have to have someone who's not um, Robert Englund, then I want Bloody Good Horror's very own Evan Sleed to play Freddy because nothing makes me more happy than Evan's impression of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what I want. I want a Freddy the Freddy musical starring Evan. Who is already Twitter verified, so I feel like like he's there already, honestly. Yep. 
It's true. It's true. I would just love to hear the lament because you know they have to have have like a, a song all about why he calls people bitch, and it's just like a lament. He was like, back in my youth, they called yeah. me bitch. Now I use it as a weapon. If like it could be like a woke Freddy musical. <laughs> The song is called <laughs> If Bitch Was Only a Word. <laughs> I also well, want a complete separate song medley from the towel whipped ass. Just describe <laughs> yes. what it's yes. going through during its snap. It's just, like, it's just like giant cheeks and they just like have it like doing like a Muppet flap and just like it. <laughs> If that I don't happens, make it, I'm in for the musical. <laughs> I don't want to make everyone super jealous, but when I lived in Chicago, I I don't remember who I took with me. I took one of our friends with me. Some like small independent theater company did like a small self-produced musical called A Nightmare on Backstreet that was like a Nightmare on Elm Street themed storyline that was all 90s boy band music like parodies oh and it was amazing. So, I'm just saying damn it can be so we've done. gone on it can be done we've gone quite on quite a journey with this franchise and now the only thing left to ask is do you guys got anything to plug sam do you have anything you'd like to plug at the end of this episode thank you so much for joining us and giving you a unique perspective <laughs> uh i'm a very boring person uh in everyday life but i guess my uh, job makes me very interesting. I am a radio announcer on 95.3 Energy Radio in Hamilton. So uh, listen to me if you were at all entertained by anything I had to say on this podcast. And she kills it. So <laughs> you best listen. You best listen or Freddie's going to kill your ass. So that's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Sophie, anything to plug? Um, yes. If you aren't already, you should become a Bloody Good Horror patron so that you can listen to Behold Electric Terror to hear uh, Andrew and Jason and I riff more about weird things, um, including an episode of whatever the Friday the 13th TV show was called. I don't think we have released that episode. I think Just that kidding, episode, we never released it, so you can't We never released it. it. The episode um, was lost. But you can hear an episode where I do read Zach Baggins fan fiction. Which um, is the best episode of all time. No, it's there. I was there when we recorded it, and then I listened to it later when I was having a bad day, and I literally almost crashed my car listening to Andrew read that fan fiction. <laughs> I, it's a lot it, raunchier was, than this one. I was very drunk, and I did read the line, Are we going fucking this spooky haunted house and like that was one of the lines <laughs> you definitely also read a you also definitely were like doing a zach bagan's voice so you did like a you're really wet and then caught yourself and started laughing hysterically which was pretty fantastic anyway um yeah also if you want to follow me on twitter i'm philly stem that's philly is like the uh, baseball team and femme like a french lady a french lady mm-hmm. jason jason do you have anything to plug I'm just going to um, plug my uh, Freddy fanfic website, freddysburndesires.com. <laughs> <laughs> where Freddy just fucks his way through everyone's dreams. Wow. That's wow, 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 wow. Enjoy that. There's your franchise revival. There we go. Just like lots of Freddy porn. <laughs> oh my, lots of Freddy porn. And the only thing I have to plug is this podcast. Why don't you? go on itunes and give us the old five stars if you gave us four stars you're a bad person and that's scientifically 
proven. You can also follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm or send us an email at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. And if you listen to this far into the episode to hear plugs, oh, God, glory bless you. You're a true fan, I guess. I hate. There's no such thing as true fan. That's a lie. We You'll get no title. We examine your life. We examine your life. And as always, blame the CW. Thank you. And have a spooky day. This has been a Milkshakes and Mimosas podcast. Email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm. And until next time, trash fire's gonna burn.